And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100%. And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John Happy New Year! Happy, happy, happy New Year! Let me turn my earphones down. Dude. It is a new <laughs> year for MMA. 2024 is a. Ooh. It has happened. We are among it now. It is time to get this damn year going. We need some fights, Josh. I didn't think that I'd start like jonesing, <laughs> but I've been jonesing for some fights. I mean, obviously, I have an addiction. Yeah, it's 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 an addict, man. You're an addict, buddy. I, whether it's to shooting guns or refing or just looking up fights, whatever it is, I, I think that's the problem with uh with fighters in general. We're 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 addicts. Just it could be if it wasn't for fighting, we'd probably be addicted to something else. Oh, you know? dude, I, I always said if it wasn't for fighting, I'd have been a bum on a str- on the streets. <laughs> Well, I mean, you were uh-huh. a cop, so it's. Well, see, <laughs> it wasn't for violence. Yeah. You just hung around. You just basically <laughs> bummed around the streets and tried That's to. It, man, bum around the streets. Arrest people. No. Yeah. Um, and since you've left LA, I mean, they've just gotten worse. So. Thank you very much, which tells you everything you need to know. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Look, guys, I'm playing with the background over here. I mean, I have a whole new setup today and a whole new background, so we're playing around with this. And uh, hopefully, you guys uh, like this little image over. I had a fan. His name was Steven. He drove it all the way up from L.A. one time. This was right after my um, this was the the after you were actually not in this. You're in the photo of this, but you're not actually in the painting of this. But uh, this was my cut out all the time. This is my Pat Healy fight. Yeah. And uh, man, what a rough fight. What a rough one. It was a rough one. But uh, I thought it was a great I thought it was a great picture. He painted. He's down. It lives down in like the L.A. area. He drove it up to A.K.A. and uh, hand delivered it to me. Oh, very, was, very, very, that was very, 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 very nice of him. Awesome job. I thought he did a great job. Showed my jawline, showed, you know, a couple of little abs. Oh, I had. Jesus. I yeah. abs when I you had abs. When I did, when I did have abs, I talked to the people over at CPI. They said, look, if you're feeling good, you're feeling great. You can go ahead and start running now. Do it, you know, do it. Like if it starts to hurt, stop. We're 30. We're actually almost exactly 30 days now. Um, So I'm feeling pretty good. Wrist is the only thing. Like I'm afraid to do any like pull-ups or push-ups on it, but uh everything else feels good, man. Knees feeling good, hips feeling good, uh neck push-ups is... like this. I know, man. I'm, That's I'm the kinda, only way. I'm kind of soft. Kind of soft. <laughs> those days, those days are gone, buddy. I'm not trying to prove anything. Those uh, days are gone. Nah, I can't my my my, my wrist don't flex back now. So it's yeah. like I, every every time I do put this on fist. I can't I can't do them on, on this hand, on the, the hand that I have the injections yeah. in. On this hand, I can, but the thing is, on this hand, I can't put my wrist forward because I got a cadaver on the backside, and so it doesn't. There's no flex. It's just that's it. This as far as like, see how this wrist, even though it's messed up, I can go like this, and you then go, yeah, yeah, that's that's your gay side, right? That, there. Wow, wow, <laughs> wow, aggressive today. That's all right, right. so all right, you know. So no, no, no. Someone woke up today and chose violence. <laughs> <laughs> that's what happened and then look at this this one's like this is as far as it can go it doesn't go any further so it is it is what it is um no, i thought i like I, I like your little uh thing you know you're showing yourself cooking with your uh tomahawk steak yes you you did like my response yeah because it was the correct response <laughs> i mean but John, I, what, what was, it the, was the cur- what was go it ahead. go back what was the response the response is you had you have a you had two pictures and mm-hmm. then you actually this, it wasn't your steak i know it wasn't your steak that you had the video of this was but okay so it was your steak and you're sitting there pressing on it yes. and all the juices are kind of coming I, out I, I, and i told you josh how many times have i told you to stop playing with your meat <laughs> <laughs> man i've been i've been told that since i was about five years old bro I can't stop no, no. <laughs> not gonna stop no. it's just funny to watch it rise when you it's just mine t- and i'll play with it when i want yeah right <laughs> You know, my body, my choice. There you go. That's it. Uh, we're, so we're starting off on fire today. Look, we're going to have some fun. Well, we're going to try something new today, you guys. We're going to try to just to break down just strictly the fight. And then we're going to produce some extra clips for you guys that are going to go on to our OnlyFans.com slash Wayne in. It's going to talk about a lot of the news, you know, and there's a lot mm-hmm. of news to talk about. Uh, but you guys can cool. go to OnlyFans.com slash Wayne in. Subscribe to us over there. And uh, it is free. We don't charge anything over there. We're not actually trying to charge you guys for any extra content. We want you guys just to subscribe to us there. We only do our live show on that cha- on, on OnlyFans 
check us out. Look, now that fights are coming about, we're going to try to talk more in depth about the actual uh, fights. Like I'm saying, like deep dives into these fights, talking about the cornering, talking about, you know, what's next for them, talking about where we could see them by the end of the year, all of these type of things that we're going to try to break down more in depth on the live, on our live chats and our live shows over on OnlyFans.com slash Wayne. And so subscribe. It is free, not hard, pretty easy. And we want to thank you guys for always supporting us. John, let's go ahead and break right into this, um, to this card. It's the first card of the year. And I actually was a little surprised that it was so good coming in the first card of the year. It's a pretty stacked card. It's a good card. Yeah. It's, it's one of those you take a look at the, the, the main event is a, it's obviously a rematch mm -hmm. of a fight that ended, uh, with a foul and, uh, it was called a no contest, and uh, we kind of got to see a little bit of what was capable of happening between the two, and it'll be interesting to see, will either fighter or will both fighters change their approach now that they've actually had a little bit of a feel for their opponents, seen what they have, seen that size, the length of Johnny Walker, we'll say. Is Magomed going to start to try to wrestle sooner, or is he going to go right back to his striking it's an interesting match. Both these guys are good. And let's be honest, Uncle Iab is in the top of the light heavyweight division. And he's a guy that you could say he could be the champion, you know, if he fought smarter sometimes and used his skill set the way that, you know, you, you would really want him to. But many times he goes about, you know, being a stand-up fighter. And his stand-up is good, but his wrestling is damn good, too. And there's many times he could take the fight, you would think, to the ground. But he likes to be in the stand-up. And, and against Johnny Walker, I think you're facing Johnny's strength by putting him in the stand-up game, especially with the explosiveness of Johnny Walker, the knees that he brings up. You know, he, he can uh, bring that knee up very high. He's very good at you try to take him down. He can bounce off of one leg, and he lands shots that, put, that hurts people. This is a great matchup. It really is. And again, like we saw a little bit, but we didn't see enough. Yeah. And so this is an interesting rematch. I'm glad they put it back together. Yeah. I mean, if you guys go back to our year end show and kind of where I thought I would end up seeing Uncle Live at the end of 2024, John, what was my pick? You said I, he would be wearing the belt. I probably, I said he pretty much, I thought he'd be wearing the belt if we could get him to fight a little bit smarter. Like, utilize the rest. I'm not saying you need to go out there and just lay and pray. But what I'm saying, though, is go out there and utilize something that you have worked so hard for over all your years of training. You can wrestle better than any of these guys in this weight class. I'm a firm yeah. believer. Like, if he just sticks to it, and I'm not saying he needs to go out there, I said, like, and lay and pray. Stick the, the combinations in the face. Throw the kicks. Let the hands fly a little bit. Get them to retaliate. And go ahead and, and get that easy takedown. Control the top position, make them work to get back to their feet, and then go ahead and let the hands fly again until you get another easy takedown. I feel like if he was to take that style and that approach with Johnny Walker, this would probably be one of his easiest fights in the division. But the fact that he doesn't fight smart puts him in this position of potentially being knocked out. Now, if I recall, I recall in the first fight, I can't remember what you commented on my on my stake, but I can as I recall in this fight here, which was <laughs> way before my stake was that he hit Walker with a really nice body shot. And in that body shot, Johnny kind of hunched over, and he was – luckily, he didn't wrestle. Uncle Ab didn't wrestle that time because Johnny threw a flying knee right at the right moment that would have decapitated him. But you've <laughs> got to know when to set these things up, and I think he saw the writing on the wall. Johnny's known for those explosive movements. And just letting those hands go, coming forward – Setting him up, waiting for Johnny Walker to retaliate is the perfect opportunity to lower your level, to get in on the body lot, or just snatch the single and get to the takedown. If he takes that approach, I, I can't see him not being champion by the end of 2024. See, but Johnny Walker has been a much smarter fighter ever since mm -hmm. he decided to go to Ireland and SBG. Him and John Kavanaugh have really hit it off. He comes, John comes up with good game plans, and for the most part, Johnny has been following those, and he's been successful. He's gotten his career back because he was in that position where he'd been getting knocked out and getting knocked out big time by some guys, and you can only take so many. And I think Ankali have kind of looked at it like, I can knock him out. I can knock you out. Know, I'll knock him out too. And it's very possible he can. But it's going to be an easier thing to have happen 
if he has to deal with more than just your stand-up. You know, make him have to think about you taking him down. Make him have to worry about some of those things that you're so good at and put him in a position where he's not comfortable. You know, that doesn't mean he's on his back, but not comfortable knowing exactly what you're going to do. Because when you have someone who's guessing, then the fight becomes hard for him. Johnny Walker's an extremely talented person. John Cavanaugh is one of the best coaches in the game. Where I look at this fight, though, John, is that Johnny Walker, his only chance is to get the knockout. I don't see a submission there. I don't see a ground and pound. I... Maybe in the exchange, he clips him, you know, in the exchange of getting You don't up. think he could submit him? No. He's got a hell of a darse. I'm not, I don't think he can submit him. I okay. really, I just, I don't think there's any opportunity outside of him catching him in an exchange because Johnny Walker, I think, is the faster, unorthodox style of stand-up. The punches and kicks will come from weird angles yeah. in moments that okay. Uncle Live will not be expecting it. So when I talk about John, uh, John Cavanaugh and his game planning, it's going to be very hard for him to, to run up a game plan when you're dealing with the fighter who's not as good as your opponent. I don't think that Johnny Walker has the, doesn't have the wrestling, doesn't have the submission, doesn't have the stand-up, the cleanliness, the, the, uh, the actual true technique of fighting. Johnny Walker is not on the level of Uncle Iev. That doesn't mean he can't win. He's got the power. He's got the shot. He can, I feel like he's a little bit more explosive than he's more explosive. yeah he's more explosive and i think he's got more power in his hands and like i said the punches that come from weird angles those traditional style fighters that are used to clean clean technique they have a harder time dealing with it because punches come from upwards from cross over the top angles, over yeah. the top like they're not used to defending those type of uh techniques when they come in how does how does someone like john cavanaugh game plan for that against someone who you know is to me, I feel like Uncle Live is the better fighter all the way around. Well, do you not kind of take a page out of what Jan Blahovich kind of did in the, their title fight and start to say, we're going to eat up his leg. I want you to eat that leg, that, that lead leg up because we saw that Uncle Live, he puts a lot of weight on that front foot. That is part of the way that, you know, he, he applies his stand-up game. If you're Johnny Walker, why not attack that low? Look at the low calf kick is a... It's a game changer. It's a it's an equalizer. It can take someone who has a decided advantage, and then all of a sudden, the advantage is gone because it deadens the leg to the point where you can't really use it in the same fashion. You can't shoot off of it. You can't really bounce off of it or feel like you know you have stability in your standup. It's a game changer, and I think that Jan Blahovic basically showed how to attack Ankalaya. He just didn't continue on with it for long enough. I would agree. The only problem is is it was a calf kick, but it was an inside low calf kick. And I felt like it was more bone on bone. And he he was able to catch him a couple good shots to that bone. And then, you know, as well as I know, when you start catching that inside leg kick on the bone or you check something that anything after that starts to accumulate and hurts. No different than the outside calf kick, but that's more muscular and like that nerve that runs down that leg. What is it called? The perennial Perennial. nerve? Yeah. Yeah. So that's doing damage there. I'm not that to me, like Jan Blachowicz, your shins have to be conditioned for something like that. I don't know if at the level of which Johnny Walker's shins are conditioned like that. It really comes yeah, down to sure. how Jan, you know, Polish power, maybe Polish denseness of the bones. I don't know. But for somehow, some way, it was working for for Jan Blachowicz. That cannot be said. It may not be able to be said for Johnny Walker. True. You know? It might not be, but it's a hell of a – the blueprint's there. It worked. I, I agree. I, and, you know, we've talked about this before. Once one fighter shows a blueprint to beating somebody or at least having success in something, other fighters pick it up right away because now they want to make sure that, hey, if this is working for him and I put this in my toolbox that I can utilize it against other me. people and see how much success I can have against other people with it. Yeah. So True. I mean, but, but John, you're, wait, wait, you're not getting away, though. Yeah, yeah. G- give me, oh, no, go, g- go, give go, me go, a winner. Go. You go, go, we're go. Not get, you're not getting away. It's a main event. Give me a winner. It, it is so hard to go against Ankalaev, and that's because he is fundamentally a sound fighter everywhere. Uh, Johnny Walker, I really like, and uh, you know, I've had great conversations with Johnny, and he's he's a good person, and he can win this fight. But I got to say, the, fa- the, the favorite to win the fight has got to be Ankalaev. 
I mean, I can't go against Arkulayev. I just feel, I mean, I picked him to be a champ in 2024. Yeah. I can't start the year off with a loss. Yeah, you could do it. You could do it after he loses. To yeah, <laughs> right. Uh, no, but I, I think that if Arkulayev was to fight smart, like I said, get Johnny Walker to open up. And once he starts to open up, start to level change, get in deep on the, on the body locks or the single legs, whatever it is. And uh, at least threaten it to, hes- to slow and make Johnny a little bit more hesitant on his explosiveness and his big shots. Yeah. That's it. Yep. Next, next fight. All right. Our co-main event is Mateus Niklau against your man, Manel Cape. This is a, this is a great matchup and this is going to say a lot about where Manel's at as a fighter. Well, this is a opinion. rematch. Yeah. Yeah. yeah this so it's a great fight again. Split, split decision. The first time, great That's matchup right. the first time. And who lost Manel Cape. And okay. he lost because of why, because we had talked about this on the year end show. Just actually what not your end last week's show. We talked about how Manel, he's having a hard time throughout his, you know, career stopping guys' takedowns, or at least, I mean, he's able to stop it or he's able to, or he does get taken down. He's able to pop back up to his feet, but it just looks bad. Yeah, but he also gets a little to the point where his stand-up is really good. I have nothing to say, but he leaves himself open at times trying to be, you know, fast and flashy in what he's doing, and he gets caught. And when you're taking a look at Niklau, he's good. He is very fundamentally sound. He's got speed. They all, anybody anybody flight, fighting at flyweight's got speed, but he's got speed in his hands, maybe not as much as Manel. Uh, who is very fast, but this is an outstanding flyweight matchup. I mean, John, I'm looking when I when I see uh, Nicolau, I like he's a very sound fighter. He doesn't do anything that's great. He's got decent wrestling. He's got decent jujitsu. He got good top position. He's good on the feet. He's he's a very well rounded fighter. He's not great his anywhere. Jujitsu is pretty damn. No, his jujitsu is pretty damn good. It it is it is. I, if I was to say where he's good in terms of his better qualities, it would be his jujitsu. But yeah. when I saw his la- when I saw him fight Manel the first time, like he was so hesitant to get in because he was afraid of getting in or not being able to get in deep enough and be putting himself in a bad situation. He had some success in getting the takedowns and then had didn't have some success in some areas. Manel, I feel like in that first fight, I feel like he learned a lot from that fight. It was a split decision loss. It was um it was mainly like uh Nicolau was able just to touch him in moments where he shouldn't have been touched. Manel got lazy in, in some moments by not moving his, his head offline, by not keeping his foot, his feet work, uh, his footwork moving. All of those things added up to where you became a stationary target. And it didn't matter where Nicolau threw the punch, it was able to land. And then that, that's the reason why you keep that, that step in your foot. That's the reason why you're moving left and right and lateral movement here and there. You're giving feints. You're getting them to react and then throwing something right back. Uh, I think Manel's learned a lot since that fight. I think you're going to yeah. see a different fighter come in. And he's he's also, I think, settled in in terms of he knows that all I've got to do is use my athleticism, use my aggressiveness to my advantage. Stuff the takedowns, let the hands fly, make them pay every time they miss. But I think he's got a good chance of getting this win. The first fight was very close, and I feel like he didn't fight anywhere near his potential. But if you're in Nicolau's camp, don't you sit there and say, hey, we are much better in one area. <laughs> we are much better on the crowd yeah. than our opponent. Why not work at taking it there? I, look, I feel like if Manel was offered this fight again, he knows he wants to get it back. I feel like he understands the only place that he can really lose this fight is on the ground. So he needs, I think in his last two fights, he's learned a lot in terms of like, hey, three, two, three fights, whatever. Learned a lot. And like, I, I can't afford to let these guys keep getting in on me, keep getting deep shots. And then, and not not fighting to the bitter end to get away. Sometimes he he gets lets him get in or doesn't let him get in. They work their way in, but then he doesn't defend all the way till he's free. He defends enough to where he can start striking a little bit, and then he starts throwing, and they just reshoot. So it's shot. They def- he defends, and then they reshoot when he tries to let his hands go. So he's got to be um he's got to start to stay a little bit more composed and controlled when he is defending the takedowns. And once he makes the space, then letting him, then letting the hands go to make him pay. Yeah. I mean, John, he's so athletic. He's so fast, so athletic. The movement, no doubt about all it. of those things 
combined, I just feel like, look, if he can put together, what is he on? Like a three or four fight win streak, I think, right now. Look it up, Dave. Manel Cop. What is he on? Is it two or three? Three. Four. 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 Sorry, four. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's there. His last loss was to Nicolau. You know, so he beat Osborne. He beat it with a flying knee and punches. Then um, TKO with uh, Zuma Gulov. And then, uh, I don't even know how you say his name, Dvork. 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 Yeah, him. Dvork. And then uh, that was the decision. And his last one with Dos Santos, the decision as well. I mean, Dos Santos is no slouch, man. Very, very nope. tough fight. Uh, that, Zuma, was a, that was a good fight, it, though. It was a good fight. If you fight similar to that, I think he'll have a good chance of getting this win because, like I said, I didn't see a very good performance out of him in the first fight. When I went back and watched it, I didn't see a good performance out of Manel. He didn't utilize any of his weapons. He looked like he got a little fatigued coming in this, the halfway through the second round, slowed down for sure in the third, just wasn't the same fighter, you know? Yeah. Well, the 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 fight with uh, Dos Santos, Felipe Dos Santos, that was a last minute replacement. That's both good and bad form because it's not easy for either fighter. But you know, Felipe Dos Santos came in and put on a hell of a performance yeah. against Manal in that he struck with him, and a lot of guys will not. And mm-hmm. he he stood in there and he was throwing down the entire time. So that was a it was a nice win by Manal because he had someone that wasn't backing off. But Nicolau, though, I will give Nicolau this, though. Nicolau has the confidence going in, knowing that he's already beat Manel. Like, I've already sure. felt how fast. I've already felt how fast you are. I've already felt your power. Okay, I know your, your explosiveness on the takedown defense. You have the same. You'll have some same similar tendencies when you're defending the takedown. So now how can I make those adjustments in new styles of takedowns that I can get to you and then try to finish you different ways to get you to, to the bottom? Those are, those, are all, those are all confidence builders. It's easier to Just get round into a four. camp. You, you know it's start easier, right? Four. Yeah, start round oh, yeah. four. Start around four. But mentally, he's got he's got the advantage, I think, right now going into this fight. Should. Yep. All right, then we have <laughs> the Iron Man. Jim Miller coming in against Mugli, Gabriel Benitez. That's a uh, lightweight fight. Benitez has been fought most of his career at featherweight, but Jim Miller just is uh, unstoppable. They say he's going to be at UFC 300. He says, yep, and I will not retire there. Uh, <laughs> so, Jim Miller is crazy, but, man, he is he is fun to watch, and he is a true competitor and just a guy that you look at, man. You know What he's done while in the UFC has been pretty remarkable because he started off in the IFL, if mm-hmm. you remember, him and his brother. Yep. You know, and uh, – just been, had a remarkable career with the UFC. Yeah, John. When I when I talked to Mowgli and I t- and then I've seen Jim over his last couple of performances. There's nothing in here, and I'm not taking anything away from Jim. We know that he's a legend in the sport. We know he's done everything you possibly can do outside of winning the title. That's it. Like he's he's beat, he's fought everyone. Who's who? He's had great fights, not so great fights, and just legendary fights also. Um. But I, I look at Mowgli and where he's at right now. There's no reason why he should lose this fight. The speed's on his side. The, uh, he's the, got beautiful kicks. The boxing's on his Hard side. Hard kicks. Yep. The power should be on his side. The wrestling is going to be on Jim Miller's side. But Jim and now it's wrestling, wrestling and ground game is going to be on Miller's side. It is. But at the age that he is, that wrestling is not going to be as easy as it was when you were 28, 29, 31, 32. And we understand that, you know, the physical strength is going to go mainly to the younger kid, you know, and that's going to be uh Mowgli. Mowgli's not, he's not that young, but I'm saying he's younger. He's still, right now he's kind of in his prime. I think he's 32, somewhere around there. 30, I, I thought 34. Okay. Something. Somewhere around there, but that's still younger than almost 40. Oh yeah. Yeah. A lot younger. Yeah, 35 35 damn so he's kind yeah. of on that 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 teeter-totter the of, precipice yeah. yeah use that word again do it one more time Pre- he's on the precipice precipice okay that's right i'm gonna look Meaning that one up the, the peak pl- before the peak. we go down <laughs> <laughs> oh man i love it all right so i mean like when i look at mowgli the thing that mowgli though lives off of john is that rear leg body kick that will not be effective against Jim Miller because they're both southpaws. That's true. So he's going to have to work now. That doesn't mean that he can't tear up that calf. 
It's very rare you find two southpaws to get to fight each other, and then one person now they have to go inside and go an inside leg kick or inside or up to the body, you know, to the to the liver. Now he can go right to the the calf kick. So we're going to see who can defend what, um, you know, calf kick wise, and we're going to see if, it, if it's utilized by either one of them. Because do they really practice it, knowing not everyone they get to fight is going to be southpaw? So good point. Because every time I've sparred with Mowgli, that son of a he kicks hard. <laughs> he kicks hard and it gets it's hard. It's quick and it's a yeah. sometimes it's to the body and to the ribs and the liver. And then sometimes it's just a little toe punt right into your gut with his toe. He just some if he'll allow him, if the commission allows him, he'll tape his first two toes. And he will just jab that thing over and over like Kung Lee used to do, right up into the gut. And that shit hurts, John. It's disgusting. Oh, yeah. It's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> it's disgusting. It's not disgusting if you're the one inflicting it. This is true. Only if you're the one being inflicted upon. Yes. Yes. All right. We have Ricky Simon against Mario Bautista. This is actually a really good matchup. This is one of, it's, it's interesting because but Bautista is a guy, he's just a scrapper. Mm -hmm. Good in the stand-up, good on the ground. He doesn't have Ricky Simon's wrestling, but Ricky really doesn't wrestle near as much as he used to, even though he will at times. Mm -hmm. But uh, his stand-up has gotten much better. This is an interesting uh, fight. Mario Batista is a little, he's a Tasmanian devil. Yeah, a little spark plug. Uh, I look at, yeah. is it, okay, is it, is it Ricky Simon or is it Ricky Simone? Which one is it? Ricky Simone. Ricky Simone, okay. Yeah. I, I just, I want to know, like, are we calling him Simon or are we calling him Simone? I mean, I've heard yeah. Ricky Simone on air. I've, I've heard, heard both. I've heard both. That's yeah. what I'm saying. I've heard both. Um, I believe it's Simone. So Ricky, says let's just call him Ricky. So <laughs> Ricky, Rickley's wrestling is some of the best in the game in that weight class. Yeah. He's gotten away from it, like you said. Uh, his boxing's gotten a little bit better, though. Yep. But he also is, he hasn't really been fighting as smart. Like, in the beginning, he was a bulldog. Then he went to fighting smart, and then now it seems like he's just fighting to conserve his ranking. So when you're doing that, you're not fighting with the intent of winning. I've seen a little bit of that that step back. He's not fighting with the intent of winning instead of getting after it like he was when he first exploded onto the scene in the UFC. He early in his career was a bulldog, man. He's like, I'll fight you. I'll fight you. I'll take you down. I'm, I'll grind out of things. I'll just, he was that aggressor the whole time. And yeah. um, as of lately, since he started getting ranked, he started fighting a little bit more conservative. Now, some people will say that's fighting smart. John, I would agree. There's moments where you have to fight smart and there's moments where you've got to be that dog. I feel like in this fight, he's got to be that dog because this is a fight against Batista that he needs to show the world that he, he belongs there. He should dismantle Batista. He should be able to walk through him, utilizing every single tool he has, whether it's wrestling, whether it's his boxing, be the aggressor, bully him around that cage from beginning bell to the end bell. This is the, he's coming off of a loss, right? Who, Ricky Simone? Yeah. I believe so, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because I was so trying to get him. I, I was trying to get him to fight uh, yeah. Umar, but then, yeah, he's Yadong Song. Yeah, TKO yep. punches. And he's in that position. You don't want to allow the second one to sneak in there, no. and then you're riding some trouble. So this is an important fight for him, and it's, it's definitely a fight he can win, mm -hmm. but he's got to fight smart like you're saying yeah and he's really got to be the guy and he's very good at pressing and being smart in the way he does it but being the guy that is the pressure attacker mm -hmm. and continuing that pressure so we'll see if he can do that phil haas is taking on bruno ferreira phil haas has had the, an up and down crazy he, he looks like a world beater in one fight and then all of a sudden things just kind of derail for him on the next fight He's got all the skills, all the talent. He's strong as hell. He can wrestle. He's got good stand-up, but people have found his chin a couple of times, mm -hmm. and that's been his downfall. Yeah, John, I thought I thought he was on the rise. He got tired in, I think, in one of his first two fights in the UFC. He got tired, really tired. <clears throat> and they matched him up against Duran win. Then he was able to get a win over Duran. They, they yeah. thought the wrestling was going to cross each other out, both of them. He ended up having cardio for that fight, whereas Duran got tired in that fight, got clipped and got, got a lot of trouble in that fight. Um, Phil's got the wrestling. He's got the strength. Phil got in trouble with DC, too, in that one. Why is that? Oh, that's right. That is right. I forgot <laughs> about that? that. I do remember that. Yeah. Um, yeah, don't act like you beat me. Like that's <laughs> well, yeah. 
No. I, I don't match the fights. You yeah. know, and he's right. He doesn't. So Yeah. No, I think um I think that when you look at Phil Hawes and all the things that he has that he brings to the table, he's got all that all the talent, everything. You it's like, like look, let's go into like if I was to shape this a certain way, you could look at him, and I know it's not the, quite their credentials or the level of, like, say, a Bo Nickel. There's all this hype kind of going into. Phil Halls didn't have that type of hype, but there was a little bit surrounding him coming in. Oh, yeah, he had that hype. Not Bo Nickel he was coming hype. out of – nah, not, not quite Bo Nickel. Bo Nickel but you got, you got to figure he was coming out of being John Jones's training partner. Yeah. And he went to the Dana White Contender Series, and he got put away. Yeah. And it was a big blow, mm-hmm. you know, to uh, what he was doing. So he's had he's had big hype. He doesn't have Bo, look Bo Nickel hype is not that's not something that happens that often. Well, I mean, like he's backing it up though, so it's hard to it's hard to derail the there train right now that he's having uh, great performances. But with Phil Hawes, it's been this, like you said, there was a little bit of hype coming in. Now, can we get back on track? Can we get him to the point where he just needs to just keep a steady of say three or four? He's going against a tough fight. The thing that scares me about Bruno is that he's explosive. He's got big power in his hands. He's yes, short he in stature, he can smack, and he can yeah, he, like you said, he can swat. And I'll talk yep. like if if Phil Hawes wants to wrestle, it's gonna be a hard takedown for him. Not in so much as because Bruno's a good wrestler, it's because he's a lower, he's like a shorter yeah. guy. It's gonna be hard to get down low enough to get in deep enough on those. He's gonna have that low stance. Gonna have some power. Like you don't want to get caught coming in with an uppercut or a left hook, any of those things. There's going to be a lot there right now, I think, and it's going to be difficult for him to to uh, get in deep on those takedowns. He might be able to get one or two early, but Bruno's somebody that, John, he can go. Like, he will continue to go. I mean, he came up short in his last fight, but he had some yep. great fights before that, though, with some big power He shots. was undefeated. Remember he beat uh, uh, RoboCop? <coughs> yeah, that was the – he got pulled in last, uh, last minute for that fight, and he put it on him. You know, and he, he's got power. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. And he is stocky and he can wrestle. Yeah. He's not a true wrestler as far as the way that you, you know, would say a guy with credentials, but he can wrestle. And like you said, he's built like a fire plug. So he's not easy to get, you know, to change your levels on him. You got to get really low. Yeah. I mean, but with Bruno, I think the speed of his exchanges, the way he kind of like stays crouched in, very kind of almost a little bit defensive, but he opens up at the last second. If he finds that chin, Phil Halls will be counting the, count the lights. But do you think that his first loss is going to have an effect on the way he fights? I think it is. I think it is uh, because of the way he lost. I mean, yeah. he went, he, he was out. You know, and then he got jumped on and got hit a couple more times after that. He was out, out. So uh, I think he'll still fight a little careless, but I think that he's going to still, I think he'll end up with that split second hesitation in some of the exchanges. And instead of throwing back like he would have before, he'll try to circle out and get away and create more space. I think also he'll try to do that as well because he'll want to avoid the takedown. He'll want to avoid any of the exchanges where he ends up being pressed to the fence and held against. Remember one of Phil Hawes' first fights? Um, he All he did was hold the opponent against the fence, and everyone's like, man, what's all this hype around this guy? I thought his wrestling was good. All he did was hold him against the fence, and he got tired halfway through the second round. I was like, man, he's not showing anything. All that hype had went away because he had one bad performance. I think in this fight, Bruno's got to make sure he doesn't put his back to the fence and allow him, allow Phil Hawes to keep him there. Yeah, true. All right, we have the living legend in Andre Arlovsky. You talk about a guy. What was Andre Arlovsky's first fight? What was, who was his opponent, and what show was it? John, how the hell would I know? It was like four. <laughs> how the fuck would I know? I was four I years old. I want you to think about this. Think no. about this. Your first show with the UFC was UFC 44? Yes. Andre Arlovsky's first show with the UFC. 23. Against Aaron Brink, 28. The 28. God, 28. Can you believe that? Against Aaron Brink. And he's still fighting. Aaron Brink. Remember yeah. Aaron Brink? Oh, I know. Went I into porn? Him. Yep. <laughs> yep, I remember him. He yeah. died, right? He might have. No, no, sorry. I'm thinking of uh, Justin Eilers. My bad. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm thinking of Justin Eilers. Yeah. I can't remember. No, nah, Justin, Justin Eilers did fight 
Yep. Andre Arlovsky. Yep, he did. Yep. He fought Mike Kyle. He fought Andre Arlovsky. Yep. Justin Otters was a funny dude. He was a wild man. He was from the Boise funny area. Dude. He was from Boise, Idaho area. Yep. Yep. Him and uh yep. him and Mike Kyle played ball together. I think they were roommates in in college. And then they ended up having to fight each other in the UFC. I think he played at Ohio State, didn't he? I think he played at Boise first. Then he made it transferred. I don't know. I think he yeah. was at Boise or he was at Montana or something like that. But yeah, I think they yeah. were down there. Something like that. Right. Maybe they played in, I don't know. I got to remember. Rest in peace, Justin. Yeah. yeah. He was a wild child, man. He was a wild oh, child. Oh, he was. He, dude, I used to, I, every time, here's, here's a little Justin Eiler story. <laughs> His manager was Monty Cox. Yep. And, uh, you know, he was with the, the Militich fighting systems and uh, all those guys. And uh, so they tell me, you know, hey, you know, John, come here, come here. You know, and this is before he's going to fight. And I think it was before he's the first time I did it. It was he was going to fight Paul Buentello. Mm-hmm. And uh, they said, hey, Justin, uh, you know, he was um, he was in like Thailand and, you know, and he, uh, you know, Picks up this girl and you know, <laughs> I can just, I can just yeah. sense where this oh, is yeah. going. You know exactly where it's going. Well, keep going, was, keep going. So, so Justin picks up the girl and you know Justin is making out with the the girl and the girl ends up not being a girl, oh. ends up being a guy, <laughs> right? So, so, so the, the big the big thing was with Justin was hey, it was a girl from the waist up. Right? <laughs> so, That's one way of looking at it. So I'd I'd go in to talk to him and I'd say, I'd go over the rules and say, oh Justin, last thing, let me ask a question of you: Is it a girl if it's a girl from the waist up? Right? And he goes, "Fuck you, John. Fuck uh, you, John." Man, <laughs> every time, every time. But John, that's no guy. different than dating in 2024 these days. So we're, that's where we're at right now. <laughs> it's all the same. It's all the same, fellas. It's all the same. Um, I will just have to keep dating people from the waist up. That's it. <laughs> It's all about the waist up. I mean, look, Andre Olovsky, this is not an opponent you want to fight. If you're Andre Olovsky, the age you're no, at. good power. Yeah. Um, Waldo's got power. He's got, he's got, he's explosive. He's kind of that guy that will just, he'll take a shot to give a shot. He still has a great chin. But, but if you are Andre, Andre has changed his fighting style. Mm-hmm. And at one point, Andre has a decent ground game. Why not take him to the ground? Why not work for that takedown? This is true. I've, you know, John, I've repeatedly said, if you have any, any, and I mean, I'm talking like a fraction of wrestling in the heavyweight division, you can get two or three wins and make some money. Easy money. And look, as much as um, uh, Acosta is good on the feet, he's just as bad on the ground. Yes, exactly (laughs) it. And so when I look at Andre, you've been in the sport so long, and I know he can wrestle. He trained at AKA for a while, for yeah, about a year. He can he wrestle. There. He can wrestle. Now, he wasn't yes, taking Kane and DC down, okay, yeah, but, but he was wrestling. He could wrestle. He, could, he was taking Paul Bonatello down. He was able to take Mike Kyle down. You know, he was able to take some of the other guys down that were in there. Uh, you know, he had a couple good strength, uh, scrambles with some big time. Some guys that came. There was a guy named Mark Ellis that came in from Mizzou. Oh, Mark Ellis from Missouri. Yep, he came and he wrestled. Uh, he came and wrestled. Mark now, Ellis was an NC two A. Yes, he was, and Mark was able to dominate him. It was, but where the boxing came in, Mark struggled because the boxing and the kicking from Andre, different levels at the time when it came to that yeah. putting the fight game together. But just, I mean, if you can, if he can get uh, Acosta thinking about the takedown, that will make him hesitant on the feet. A split just second slow hesitation. Slow him down a little bit on the feet. That's yes. right. Yes. I, I can't I feel like when I break these fights down, John, I feel like sometimes I repeat myself because it's so when you're when you're when you're a coach, it's so easy for me just to say, like, hey, if we threaten this a little bit, it'll change the way he looks at the fight this way. So we've got to add that in there. I'm not saying we need to commit to it. I'm not saying we need to to grind on this and get this thing going like where you no, get tired. It, it's like adding seasoning into something. Just throw that little little bit of seasoning into it because it will adjust yeah. what's occurring. John's like a fucking salt bay, man. Just like this. Just doing the whole thing like this. Boom, yeah, baby. Salt bay. So <laughs> I agree. Just you got to add these little tiny things in. And I feel like I constantly am repeating myself going, hey, 
we threaten this a little bit, it'll change here. If I do this, it'll make him want to do this. This is what the fight game is about. When you guys, if you guys go back and listen to the Bobby Green interview that we did, Bobby's like, Josh, he said himself, he's like, Josh, you were probably one of the smartest fighters I ever fought because I could see your mind working every time. So I you had to bring stands. that up, didn't you? I had to, yeah, because I mean. Yeah, I understand. I, I mean, <laughs> I. I I, I did fight, I feel like I did fight pretty smart for what I for all the tools that I didn't have. Everyone had more power. Everyone was stronger. Everyone was a better wrestler. Everyone was a better strike. You know, like everyone they always had some sort of big advantage over me. So I had to fight a smart fight. Otherwise, and I had a long career. And <laughs> you so, had a long career. you know, and those are the things like you have to fight smart. I mean, I didn't get punch drunk until towards the end. And so <laughs> this is where we're at now. But it's um, you've got to fight smart. You've got to find ways to get in. And Andre Olovsky has been that person the second half of his career he's found ways to win he's found ways to be competitive and in the heavyweight division it doesn't take much a tiny bit of wrestling and it makes you successful yeah i agree good for him though he's still doing it gosh damn i was like i said i was like four years old when he had his first fight in the ufc all right we got matthew semelsberger semelsberger against preston parsons i like semelsberger he's a gritty gutsy fighter he goes after people he's got skill but sometimes doesn't fight smart and i know we say that a lot but you can look and you can say don't freaking go into your opponent's strength make him go into your strength if you know and it's the one thing that i've seen out of semelsberger where you know he's got he's got the full game but there's always going to be that person that's better on the ground, or there's always going to be that person that's better in the stand-up. Well, switch it up, man. Don't don't just in, in, engage with them in that realm that they're the best. Yeah, and that's the one thing that I've seen out of him. But this is a uh, this is actually a really good welterweight matchup between these two. Parsons is tough. He's good, and Semmelsberger is that guy. Man, he can beat just about anybody on a given night when he fights good. When he fights smart. How how does he get this fight, though? How, how does he get it done? Against Parsons, I think he's really going to have to be very strategic in his stand-up. He's going to have to be a guy that don't throw looping shots. Everything straight, down the middle, make Parsons have problems as far as when he wants to take you to the ground or any of those things, because Parsons will wrestle, and make him have to go around. Yeah. Make him have to throw his shots around. You know where his shots are going to go if you're throwing straight shots, and your straight shots will get there faster than his looping ones. I agree. I agree. I think Semmelsberger is like he's one of those guys that's not great anywhere. He can no. mix it up and do everything a little good, doing everything really well. And Parsons can can kind of neutral, um, negate, yeah, negate whatever it is he's doing. But he's got to have to. He, Parsons going to have to get off after he negates everything that Semelsberger does. And yeah. I, I look at Semelsberger and I think to myself, good fighter, just for some reason can't seem to put a string of, run, of wins together. Yeah, get one or two and then lose. Get you know like just. Well, and, and part of that is the the level of competition for him is not you know everybody's tough now. Mm-hmm. Everybody's good you know for the most part that he's facing. And so he doesn't get the easy fights anymore. He doesn't get the guys that, oh, you should walk right through this guy. That's gone. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Next fight, one of one, right. of, one of our own Bay Area guys. Yes, sir. Marcus McGee taking on Gaston Bolanos. The, uh, I want to say, was it, is it the dream killer? Yeah, I think it is the dream killer. The dream killer? Yeah. Yeah, but Gaston Bolanos, look, in the stand-up, Gaston Bolanos has got, he's got talent. Yep. He is a skilled stand-up fighter. Uh, his ground game has has improved vastly. It used to be absolutely his Achilles heel, and anybody that uh, would face him would work towards taking him to the ground and, and just you know neutralizing him there. But you know, McGee is a guy who he's tough. He's strong physically. He just comes after people. But sometimes his style is exactly what Bolanos loves. Yep. Okay, so look out for the spinning elbow attacks because Bolanos loves setting up guys that like to put pressure and come forward and throw. Bolanos usually has an answer for that type of uh, pressure. I feel like the UFC really 
is looking for a highlight reel knockout from Bolanos. Oh, yes. They're setting this fight up to get an action-packed prelim fight that gets people just to tune in and start watching from there. I think McKee is somebody who can who can bring the fight. He will be a little sloppy, a little loopy. He's, he's tough, though. He's, he he's, tough. He's, he's, he goes forward. He will. He will try to mix up the wrestling, but his wrestling isn't double leg wrestling. It's more like I'll punch and dip my head down and try to body lock you and run you over. Yeah. Um. But Gaston Bolanos, I've trained with him, I've worked with him, I've grappled with him. Um. You know, he's been out there at um at Alpha Male training. He trains out there also. He trains at CSA. Um, and then when he also comes down to AK and trains with Adam Piccolotti, gets some work down there at AK. So he was bouncing from gym to gym to gym, going, you know, an hour and a half one way and going an hour and a half the other way or an hour the other way to train at AK. One way to go to Alpha Male, get the wrestling in up there with those guys and some speed and fast and a quick agility guys that are his size. And then coming yep. to AK and getting like top-notch level wrestling with some top-notch level jiu-jitsu. Um, you know, with some five, with some hard sparring rounds with guys, maybe a little bit bigger, you know, and a little bit, probably like a little bit more, uh, controlled people that he's trained with consistently, whether it's Adam Piccolotti or some other guys, Adam Antolin, or, you know, some smaller guys that he knows he can control and just try to work with and work on some new things. I feel like he's come a long way. He has come a long way. And we're going to see some improvements. He's seven and three, you know, like. His losses have been to guys that have been able to basically out grapple, out grapple him, control him, and you know, and out position him. But he's got to be very, he's got to be very cautious with McKee or McGee. He's got to make sure that he's not spinning too much and giving his giving his back too much in the exchanges, because those type of things could lead to you getting uh, body locked and taken down pretty easily. And once Absolutely. you end up on bottom, doesn't matter if you're training jiu-jitsu with world class guys. The guy you're in there in the cage is bringing a different type of pressure that you haven't felt before. No matter how good your guys are, you train. This guy is, it's a different feel. No matter, like I've trained with so many top world-class guys when I've gotten in there and I'm like, you're not anywhere near as good as these guys, but man, you got, you got, you got some pressure. You're a little bit stronger than I thought. You got a thing. Yeah. Everyone does. Yeah. You've got to think, how am I going to get out from underneath this guy? He's different. Like it's not, he's squeezing harder or he's not That's as because everyone has that thing that they're good at. They don't always get to employ it, but if they do and you get stuck with it, then you're trying to figure out, fuck, how do I get past this? Because once they're in their realm, Hey, it's tough to get past some of these guys are really good. You know, everyone's got a specific, you know, I, I talk about everyone's got a different squeeze, you know, and they do. Some guys squeezes you think, eh, it's not that tight, but it's effective mm-hmm. and they do it well. And they, you know, they clamp down and they just hold on. And then some guys have a squeeze that you go, holy shit. Yeah. I thought my head was going to pop off. It's true. You know? I mean, as much as people want to give, um, as, as much as people want to give Phil Baroni shit, man, that guy was fucking cock strong. Oh. That guy yeah. was so strong. I was like, holy shit. Like, when I was grappling them, I was like trying to throw his legs to the side and they didn't move. I was like, what the fuck? Like he was, but you could also tell he was one of those guys. It was so stiff. I had no flexibility whatsoever. Yeah. Like bend down, touch your toes. Couldn't do it. You know, like put your shoe on fucking. I need someone to help me. You have a shoehorn. Like, what? Yeah. He just, he couldn't put his, fuck, he, that's why he walked around in sandals all the time. He very rarely, he very rarely wore shoes. Yeah. He was always had sandals on because he just couldn't, or he, he wore the slip on shoes. Shit, he could just slip on and off. It was funny. He he was so un. He just had no flexibility whatsoever. None. Oh my god. None. Yeah. It was hilarious to watch him try and scratch his back. He literally would walk around because he lived with me for about three years. He would fucking on, walk. He'd walk around my house just thing. scratching every corner with his back. <laughs> like yeah, I'd have like dirt marks, you know. <laughs> my my corners were like a, a black spot, like this this big, you know, and it just rub off from his back. Paint. Yeah, it's from his back. Uh, I hope he's doing well, and uh, he's uh, he's in jail in Mexico right now. But I, I, say, I don't think well. he's doing well. I know, but I hope he's doing okay. Uh, we should go out to him. I know he's not going to hear this, but um, let me see what else we got on here. I can't see Dave. Can you make that bigger for me, please? Well, he's got the wrong thing up there. So, jeez. All right, we got Farid Basharat against Taylor Lapilus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, Boshrot's eleven and zero. He's good. He's got good. He's got good uh, hands. Good on the really ground. He's he's got good hands. He's not bad on the ground. He's got good uh, take decent takedowns. Not great takedowns, but Johnny's eleven and zero. Those guys, when people were undefeated, coming into a coming into a big situation. What does he got? He got two fights or three fights in the UFC? I think already. Mm, I think he's I got two. three, three or two or three. I think it's three. He's been around for. He's been there for a little bit. That's, where's he? At? He's got two. Yeah. Oh, oh Dana, no, White. Dana White. Those, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But he got the win over uh, Demol uh, Demol Blackshear. You know, yep. unanimous decision, and then his win over Rodriguez with the arm the arm triangle choke. I mean, he's good, John. He's he's kind of uh, he's kind of well rounded. I look at him and I look at some of the other guys in that weight class. What is that bantamweight? I believe, right? Or is that one twenty five? Yep. I think it's bantamweight. No, that's bantamweight. It's bantamweight. It's bantamweight. Yeah, bantamweight. And um, you know, there's plenty of guys with a win like this. With if he has a, if he has an impressive impressive win over Taylor, I think he's got a good chance of them giving him somebody in that top fifteen, top somewhere, being eleven and zero. What are we holding you back for? You know, you're ready to go. Yeah. Dave, can you yeah. pull up the the Bantamweight uh, rankings for me, please? There we go. Get these glasses on for you guys. Dave's, Dave's going to make it bigger. There we go. Let's go all the way down there. Chris Gutierrez. I mean, he doesn't want no part of uh, Umar or probably not even Ricky or Jonathan Martinez, Pedro. I mean, realistically, it'd be like, maybe he does need to wait. I take it back. <laughs> Maybe he does. I mean, after what I've seen in the, his last. When you're looking fights, at the bantamweights, yeah, it's just such that's a, a stack. That's division. a rough go. I mean, John, I look all the way. Down. Umar's number fourteen. Yep. You know, uh, Jonathan Martinez number twelve. That's right. That's insane, man. Dominic Cruz is number ten. Ah. And that yeah. one is you can you can look look. No matter what he wants to say, Dominic Cruz had a hell of a career. Absolutely. And it, and at one point, that dude was. A monster. He was so difficult for people to fight. You know, I mean, I know, I know that they were talking about you know Cody Garbrandt and putting him and uh, Dominic back together yeah. again. And the best part is Cody Garbrandt says, no, "No, I don't want that." No, and I don't blame him. No, I because he either. he put on a masterful performance, yeah. and you're not going to beat that performance. It doesn't matter what he does. He's got he's got no. a highlight reel knock him out. Yeah. And that's, and that's not easy to no, do. No, it's not going to be easy to do. So, and I mean, what, like, the, there's a not, Dom's got a win after he lost to Vieira, right? To Chito? To Chito. I, I think he's got so. one win after that. Did he? I believe I so. I didn't think he fought again. Has he fought? Nope. Nope. That's his last fight. What was that, 2022? Yeah. Jeez, man. All of 2023. Yeah. He's being smart. No, he is. He is. I mean, look, he's There's always no been reason. a very, very smart fighter. Dom has. Yep. Smart fighter. And uh, it, he still has a little bit of that speed. He is slowing down. He's 38. That style is just so difficult to deal with. But he becomes more hittable as he slows down with that style. Because when he was younger, he could leave his head in those positions because he could get him out yeah. of there fast enough. Pull it out. Be yeah, yeah, before you could get the combination there. He'd get you guessing, he'd make you flinch, and that hesitation, he could land his shot and get out of there before you could get your foot up to his face up until he fought Chito Vera. You know? Now, if you go back down into some of these other guys, I mean, that are, you know, outside of that, they're just all young. They're all young and up and coming that are in there. It's like, I don't well, know. If you, if you take a look, go back to the, uh, the top 15 there, Dave, real quick. Uh, but if you take a look at, you know, Age wise, yeah, you know he's he's. I believe he's the oldest in that group. You know, I think uh, he's older than Aljamain. He's definitely older than Marab. He's older than Henry. Mm -hmm. uh, definitely Sanhagen, Peter Yant. He's older than all of them. Yeah, he's the old man there. Yep. It's rough. Where do you put? Uh, go back to our fight card. When you're looking at Basharat, he's 11 and 0, a win over Taylor. If he gets a, a highlight real knockout, do you start thinking about them putting him against someone like Chris Gutierrez, or do you think? I mean, you could, that's exactly who. Honestly, God, you just named the guy. Yeah. That if I was going to say who would I match him up with, yep. well, I got to match him up against somebody that I think is a solid fighter, got really, you know, good technique, a guy that can you know go, a guy who's shown toughness in the cage. Mm -hmm. 
I, Chris Gutierrez would be the guy that I, I think I'd put him against. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, Dave, go back all the way up to the top of the card. I want to play around with this a little bit. Where do you see at the end of this fight card? Where do you see for the main event? Where do you see them going next? If I was to pick, you were going to pick their next fight. Let's just say Johnny Walker wins. Who do you want to see him fight next? Alkalive, if he wins, who do you want to see him fight next? Go to the heavyweight, or the sorry, the 205-pound uh, rankings, please, for me, Dave. Because if Alkalive wins, that puts him right there next to uh, Pereira. And then you've got Jamal Hill, Jamal Hill, as Dave likes to Jamal. call him. Yes. If Hill is out for another probably six months at least, and Yuri Prochaska, uh, I mean, him and him, Alkalive and Prochaska, I could see, or just you, do you have him skip? Yuri and go right to the title shot. All depends on who you want for that title shot. Yeah. Who are you looking to put that in? And, and is, you know, it's just a, it's a, a rumor, but is Alex going to go up and fight in heavyweight real quick? He might. And so if he does, there kind of goes that, uh, you know, yep. title shot for somebody as far as that. So it, that could definitely put it in. I'm being honest. If I had Johnny Walker right now, and he gets the win, I'm going to put him against Rakic. I believe that that would be the fight that I would put him against. If Uncle Lyaf wins, then I say Prohaska, or he gets a title match. Yeah. I mean, if he beats Uncle Lyaf, I mean, got to be honest, if he beats Uncle Lyaf, I'm taking him right to Yuri. I'm taking him right You're to You're going to go Johnny Walker all the way to Yuri? Well, if he beats Uncle Lyaf, because Uncle Lyaf's number three. I'm not going to go backwards to have him fight Rakic after he just beat Alkaliev. I'm going to have him fight. He's not going backwards. Yes. Rakic is five. Yeah. Alkaliev is three. If he beats Alkaliev, he'll be three. But that means that Alkaliev will go down and Rakic will go up. Yeah, but Johnny Walker will still be ranked ahead of Rakic. No, he won't. He's not going to jump him. By two spots, John, he is ranked higher. He's not going to jump him. You don't think he's going to jump him? He's not going to jump him. I think he jumps him. I think Alkalive will drop to probably where Rakic is because Jan will stay ahead of him. And I think that uh, Rakic and Rakic and Walker will be three and four. And, and okay. Walker and then Blahovich will be five and Alkalive will be six. But the fight, if, if, if Walker loses, I would like to see uh, Krylov and Walker fight. Yeah. That'd be a good scrap. is good. Yeah. is good. Be a good he scrap. Can, he can fight. Yeah. Pull up the co-main, Dave. Thanks, bud. Uh, Nicolau versus Manel. Where do you see them after this fight? Uh, I'll tell you what. Right now, if uh, you're looking at Nicolau, I would say that a fight between him and... Pull up the rankings, Dave. And again, it depends on if someone is hurt or not. Mm -hmm. But Kaikara France would be right there for him. Mm -hmm. If you were going to look at it. Yeah. And uh well, he actually he's only one ahead of him and, and Manel's just one below him. So I think that would be uh Kaikara France would be good. And, you know, Brandon's coming off with the loss and Amir's got his fight coming up mm-hmm. against Moreno, so Kaikara France would be the one. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So you're saying that that's Nicolau. If Nicolau gets a win, you see him against Kaikara France. Same with same with Manel. Oh, Whoever. Same with Manel. Whoever wins it. I, I say Kaikara France is their next. And Kaikara France and Manel, that would be good because they've already had, you know, words and a yeah. little run in and stuff. So yeah. that would be. They were throwing the F word around, right? There, weren't they? Something like that. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> I mean, as long as it's above the waist, right? That's it. As long <laughs> as it's a girl above the waist. A uh, girl above the waist. I, I would like to actually see Manel versus like someone like Brandon Royval. You know, like I, I think Albazi's wrestling would be too much for him. I think Moreno would be able to get takedowns, maybe, or just mixing it up too well. Um, but I'd like to see probably a Brandon Royval fight that would put him right and almost next in line for a title shot. And Royval can wrestle; he can strike. He puts it all he's together very everywhere. well. Uh, he's a dog. I just, I think if Manel gets a if he gets a dominant win over Nicolau, I'd like to see that fight. I would have to agree with you though. If Nicolau gets a win, I'd like to see Kai Carfrons. See if Kai can stop the takedowns and uh, and make him pay every time he does stop the takedown, because almost all of these guys are going to try to take Kai Carfrons down, except for probably Manel Cop. 
True. You know? Which is um, why it's a great fight. You know, as I'm looking at this rankings, though, you know, you got Mokaev. I'd like to see him jump all the way up to like someone like a Roy Vall. Oh, so would I. Wouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'd like to see that. You too. said if there was, you know, we talked about it. That was my pick for if there's going to be a change in the yeah. flyweights. This is true. Kind of going with him. This He's is good. true. He's talented. This is true. All right, hey guys, I want to thank you guys so much for uh, following us. Look, we're going to change this up and uh, hit up on our page, subscribe, follow us. We've got extra videos that will be dropping. John and I are going to be filming this format a little bit different coming into 2024. Something we're brainstorming over. You know, we need you guys to share our videos and our content. So um, we're going to start filming the full fight breakdowns a little bit more in depth on this show. But then on our live chat over at OnlyFans.com slash Wayne In, we are going to do an even deeper dive into those uh, we talk about coaches and all those other things talk about how their camp how we think their camps are going really try to break down what's next for them and where does it put them after all of this if they do win or if they do lose so that's what we're going to be looking to do hopefully you guys enjoyed this show and and, <laughs> and uh, snapping that soda open go to weighing in go to weighing <laughs> in merch.com Pick up some of our hoodies and sweaters. It is getting cold. John, it is going to be on Sunday and Monday here in Dallas, Texas. It will be one and two degrees. Same here. Three Holy degrees. Holy shit. We're, 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 we're a whole degree oh, man, warmer than you. Great. I know. All right, guys. Well, hey, hopefully you guys enjoy the show. It's not uh, funny. And we will, John, see ya. See ya. <laughs>